what we have got is we've all got so inundated with data these days, so much information that nobody wants to look at data. Everybody wants to hear stories. There are opportunities for our work and careers everywhere, if you know where to look. That's easier said than done, especially in our fast-paced and constantly changing world. Marianne Fairmouth is talking to experts, employers, and job seekers to bring you insight and understanding about what's possible. This is Career Can Do, where we're navigating the new work world. Welcome to the Career Can Do podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate the new work world. My name is Marianne Fairmouth. I'm an author, I'm a recruiter, a career coach, and a speaker. And today, I am thrilled to have a guest with me that is empowering individuals around the world. Deepak Sharma is a fanatic, walking, talking storyteller. He's a certified world-class speaking coach, and uh, he's really doing some wonderful things to help people become their best selves. And as a recruiter for over 30 years, I will tell you that whether you're an employer trying to attract the best talent, or if you're a candidate looking for that next best opportunity, the way you speak and the way you present yourself is critical to the new work world. Deepak also has an Amazon best-selling book, which is called Move Mountains, One Story at a Time. And uh, he's also won numerous world championships as a uh, professional speaker. And I had the pleasure of meeting him a few years ago. I had a contest at a Toastmasters International event, which where he did win first place. So without further ado, let me welcome and introduce Deepak Sharma. Deepak, say hello to everybody. Hello, Marianne. Thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. It's my pleasure to be here with you conversing on this beautiful day. Well, it's our pleasure to have you here, and I so appreciate you taking time. I know that you've been speaking and training for a good while, but tell us about how many years you've been doing that. I started my training journey in 2008, when one fine day I decided to burn my boats of job and jump into training because I was very passionate about empowering people. And I thought it's a great idea to start learning tricks and tips of how to empower individual on the journey of training and speaking. Well, I think that's wonderful. And I know you've trained leaders of Fortune 500 companies across the world. That's so interesting and accomplished. How did you get into doing that? The journey started in 2017 when I had this huge phobia of public speaking. And my wife introduced me to Toastmasters. And I went there, attended a meeting, and ran back, never came back to Toastmasters for six months. In December 2017, I went back again. And I started liking that place. So many positive people under one roof, excited. And that really made me excited. And I started that journey. And I think in six months, I got so passionate about helping people, empowering people. I thought this is the career that I want to take up. And in 2018, May, I jumped totally into training, leaving behind my job. This is the back-end story of my joining this career of training and speaking. Well, what a great story. And I think it's wonderful to hear this story, Deepak, because 
it shows our listeners out there that sometimes when we have a fear about something, like you said, you had a phobia to speak, but you know, you took a little while, but you went back. And then when you get back and especially, you know, I'm a member of Toastmasters, you get with a group like them. And the one beautiful thing and great thing about Toastmasters, I think Deepak is that everybody there wants to become better. You want to become a better leader. You want to become a better speaker and everybody there is willing to help you. So getting back to that, sometimes when we try to overcome our fears and then try new things, but then get aligned into alignment with our passions, like you did, great things can happen. You say you're a fanatic storyteller. What do you mean by that? And how did all that come about? There's a saying that if you're running from a particular thing, it will come back to your life. And during my Toastmaster journey, the one manual that I never touched was storytelling. Because I always used to think, how can I tell stories? I'm not capable of telling stories. I don't have any stories. But when I transcend from being a trainer to a speaker, I realized that everybody is talking about stories. Everybody is saying that you have a story. And my mentor, Mark Brown, I remember one day told me, Deepak, everybody has a story. Story doesn't have to be sensational. It has to be sincere. And that particular statement totally changed my perspective towards storytelling. And I started researching about it. And I realized that I have tons of stories that I've been hiding beneath somewhere in my history. Then I started taking one after another and started using those stories in my speech and went deep into this whole concept of storytelling. And cutting the long story short, today, I'm not helping people in crafting their stories. Rather, I'm teaching business storytelling for corporates. I'm helping entrepreneurs to use stories to empower individuals in the organizations, empower their vendors, empower their teams. So storytelling has become my passion now. And I'm so glad that at one time I was not interested in it because today it's part of my day and night. Well, again, it's demonstrating how when we transcend and evolve into areas and expand our scope, it only can help us become better. And I think, you know, your storytelling remarks are so real and important. I think, you know, as children, we start learning to read, we learn about stories. So stories are something that, you know, are ingrained in us. I'm a writer. I do a lot of writing for different magazines and different events and things like that. And and I incorporate a lot of stories into what I talk about in the career world, because I think people can understand and believe more about what you're trying to say when you give them a story. Now, you know, I know as a recruiter for over 30 years that that employers right now are trying to attract really good talent. And I think that if these leaders in our Fortune 500 companies are extremely good at communicating and speaking, I think, tell me if you agree with me, I think they're going to be able to attract better talent. What do you think? Absolutely. Because if you look at some of the competencies that will look at Hiring people is leadership, communication, adaptability, persistence, time management, delegation. And there are a list of competences every employer has that they look for 
in an individual. Now, my friends, tell me, can you delegate without communication? Can you motivate without communication? Can you lead without communication? Can you even have fun without communication? So when we cannot have anything, we cannot actually implement any competency without this key skill called communication, then how we can avoid picking up talent or training them in this one important skill called communication. And when communication is done through storytelling, it connects at a deeper level. It elicits emotions. It helps people to empathize and people start caring about you. You know, so this makes a big impact, whether you're talking to your vendors, whether you're talking to your employers, whether you're talking to your uh, teams, everybody gets connected to at common level. And as my mentor says again, commonality connects because everybody loves to hear real stories. Well, I agree with you. And you remind me of an applicant, Deepak, that I just had an interview for a job last week. And he was an accountant. And he and I worked very long and hard on the interview before he went in there. But the interviewer asked him, what have you done in your career that you're most proud? And what he did was tell my client a story. He told my client that there was a neighbor on his block that had a little son and he was trying out for baseball. And my this accounting person happened to be a baseball kind of a fanatic and had done well and gotten recruited in colleges to be you know, on the teams of colleges and this and that. Long story short, he told my client that what he was most proud of is that he worked with this little boy and, you know, went to the batting practices with him and helped him. And the little boy got on the team. And he was so happy that because of his efforts, he helped somebody else achieve something. And my client called me back and said, you know, Marianne, because of him telling me that story, it meant so much to me because he's going to bring those traits and those talents into our office and be a team player. And I'm going to hire him because I really like what he told me. So I agree with you. Absolutely. I think him saying that story is probably what got him the offer. Marion, what we have got is we've all got so inundated with data these days. So much information that nobody wants to look at data. Everybody wants to hear stories. I agree. I agree. I think that, you know, technology in many ways has opened us up to worldwide platforms as far as connecting us with people. I mean, I take lots of classes online and I've had the beauty and the pleasure to connect with people in Australia and Britain and different places. But I think that the other side of that coin is that with technology really so front and center now, hearing our stories is even more refreshing, is even more positive, is even more uplifting. So I think the fact that, you know, not only are you a professional speaker, but you're a professional speaker that brings to leaders a Fortune 500 companies and possibly candidates that are trying to perfect their speaking ability, story ability, because not yeah. every speaker can do that. Do so you know you- that Facebook, Amazon, all these organizations have a position called chief storyteller in their organization? No, I didn't know that. Yes, they are appointed. It's like chief executive officer, chief financial officer, chief purchase officer. Now they have a position called chief storyteller. Why? Because they create stories for their teams who are going outside and presenting the organization and making presentations so that they can use those stories in their presentations. I think that brings us to something else that is so important now, especially 
in the work world, a new work world, and that is the human element. With technology, again, so front and center, the fact that we can tell stories and bring that human element area to the surface, I think is a wonderful thing. The other thing I'm so impressed with, with you, and I mean, there's so many things you've accomplished and you've helped so many people, which, you know, I'm all about what we can do for somebody else, but you're a member of NSA, I am too, National Speakers Association. But Deepak, you have trained and been with some of the world champions, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that really validates you that, I mean, it's hard to become a world champion of public speaking. And talk about some of the people that you've you've learned from or that have mentored you. Okay, so the first person who actually got connected with was Darren LaCroix. I was at Toastmaster International Convention and I met Darren on one of his booths there. We had a great conversation. And Darren is the one who changed my life 180 degrees. When I joined his university called Stage Time University, and that gave me another direction to my storytelling skills. Then came Mark Brown. Mark Brown is a 1999 world champion, I think. And he is an amazing storyteller. And this guy mentored me and made me won district championship in Houston. At that point of time, when I won the championship, he was behind that. You know, normally coaches never got those, that recognition. And today I want to say thanks to Mark Brown that yes, he made that possible. He brought out that potential out of me when I met him. And uh, very soon, you know, the another guy at Tate, you know, I asked at Tate a very simple question when I was moving from India to US. I wrote a small mail to him. And Marion, you listen to it carefully. This is a very interesting story. I wrote a mail to him. I asked him, I said, Ed, I am into training for so many years. I'm coming to US. And in US, speaking industry is big. I want to become a professional speaker. What should I do? He wrote five things. He said, you join NSA chapter, first chapter, which city you are going. Come to influence whichever year, if not this year, next year. Attend NSA Academy, become a part of Mastermind Group. And finally, he said, don't be an information accumulator, act upon it. Wow. Can you believe what these world champions can do to it? Oh, wow. Wow. Well, you have also co-founded an academy, isn't it called Speak to Shine Academy in 2019? Yes. Tell us about that. COVID helped us form this academy. We were at home. We thought, let's start empowering kids through this academy. One of my partner, Hani Khanduja from India and me, we started working on this initiative. And in nine months during COVID, we had around 15 kids learning public speaking and communication skills on Zoom through this academy. And we had a gala time on every Sunday morning from 10 to 12 with these kids. And nobody missed even a single class. And we are now going to expand this academy for adults and help more individuals, corporates, and employees to become better in the speaking skills and the communication. Well, I think it's wonderful to start with someone, you know, at a young age to get them ingrained into this wonderful area of speaking. I think it only can get better. NSA, I've been to some of the influence and conferences. And the other thing that's wonderful about NSA are that, like you said, the people that you meet and the connections I've made from NSA and the conferences I've been to have been wonderful. But the one thing I'm just so impressed with you is that you've taken what you've done and accomplished, but you're out there trying to help others, empower them to become better. And 
right now with so many people struggling, I mean, either they're let a lot of people go and they've got to hire back or applicants have gotten terminated or laid off. So you're out there in the trenches helping these people move forward. How great is that? Tell us too, you know, with your experience, what do you feel is the skill or how do these people learn to really polish up their skills? I know we just talked about these five steps you said that you were told, but is there something that you think people can do? Obviously, try to make a plan, go to Toastmasters, NSA, but is there any kind of words of wisdom that if somebody's really afraid like you were, what was the turning point when you said you went to Toastmasters, you didn't go back for six months? What made you go back? Did somebody push you? Did you just want to give another try? What was it? So I'm sure most of the people who are listening to this podcast at least know how to speak in English. I was at a stage at the age of 37 when I used to speak wrong English. I had no confidence that I can speak in front of people. Leave aside speaking. My teacher used to say that I speak my native language, Hindi, also wrong. So I had a huge communication challenge in during those days. The only thing that, as you are asking, Marian, what was the turning point was going and making mistakes. You know, my mentor, Darren LaCroix, says, listen to this very carefully. He said, every master was a disaster before he became master. And he also mentioned, and another mentor, Craig Valentine, who helped me complete this certification in world-class coach. He said that you have to create a lot of mess, my friends. There is mess all around. When you start any journey, whether it's speaking or in first job, or any new project, there will be mess. People, there are failures. You will not be able to plan. You will have no money. Allow that mess to happen. That brings to mind a poignant speech that I heard at Harvard. J.K. Rowling gave the commencement of dress at Harvard. And the title of that speech was The Benefits of Failure. She got up to speak and she said, here you are all at Harvard. So how much failure you really have experienced. But she talked about her journey, Deepak. She had a horrible journey. She had, you know, a divorce. She had almost lived in the streets, very little food. And her journey was writing, of course. But the whole point of the, the speech was, as you're talking about, right, the messes, the failures. People are afraid of those sometimes. But those sometimes, what's that saying? It's only the darkness where we can see the stars, right? Absolutely. So it's those things. All right, well, we're running out of time. I want to ask you, if you can give our listeners two really good pieces of advice, all right, about how to become their best self, how to try to refine their speaking ability. Say they're real introverted. I'm an introvert. People say, no, you're not. yeah, I'm a friendly introvert, but I'm an introvert. My kids will tell you my comfort zone is research, behind the scenes, investigation. But if you had to give our listeners two pieces of advice on how to become your best self to really communicate well, what would you tell them to do? I think my first piece of advice is going to be join Toastmasters. Okay, because my life changed because sometimes a lot of corporate and I'm sure a lot of uh, employers and employees must be maybe listening to this podcast, they will realize that their organizations also have Toastmasters Club, but many times we don't take it seriously. Take it seriously. I always say, don't play with Toastmasters. Make it happen because Toastmasters has power to change 
your career, your journey, your growth, it can change it. Second thing is, as I said, create mess for enough amount of time because when you create mess and the mess will attain an age, the mess plus age will become your message to the world. Well, I think those are two very good pieces of advice. Our listeners want to get a hold of you, Deepak, whether they're a Fortune 500 company, a small company, a huge multinational company. If they want to get a hold of you to train their leaders or the applicants are out there and they're afraid to get in front of an interviewer, how can they get a hold of you? Absolutely. So I have my YouTube channel called Deepak Sharma Speaks. You can leave a comment there. I have my email ID, Deepak at Deepak Sharma Speaks. Deepak is D-E-E-P-A-K. Sharma is S-H-A-R-M-A. And uh, my website is under construction. It will be up soon. Again, it's called DeepakSharmaSpeaks.com. I have a podcast called Your Story, Your Glory. Wonderful. We're thrilled to have you. I'm sure you and I will stay in touch. If you didn't have a chance to write that down, if you're in the car right now listening to this, you can certainly go to my website, fairmouth.com. That's F-A-R-E-M-O-U-T-H.com. Send me an email and I will certainly get you Deepak's phone number information. Again, this is Marianne Fairmouth. This is the Career Can Do podcast. We're helping you navigate the new work world. We look forward to seeing you every other Thursday on our program on nine podcast channels. Thank you very much. Thanks, Deepak. Thank you, Marianne. We thank you for tuning in to our Career Can Do podcast. We make no guarantees on results for your particular quest, but we hope you enjoy the information presented. Thank you.